Welcome to Pod Me If You Can, I'm David Farrell. And I'm Lloyd Hughes. And today's film is The Place Beyond the Pines, starring Bradley Cooper and Ryan Gosling. In equal title credits, when you see it, their names are side by side. There's no lead actor, I think. Um, I just wanted to do a quick heads up that this podcast contains spoilers. So if you haven't seen The Place Beyond the Pines, and it's really worth seeing, um, spoiler free... Um, it would be a really good idea to go and check out the film before listening to the rest of this podcast. Lloyd, uh, I went to my local cinema. Yep. And I noticed we were playing The Place Beyond the Pines uh, as a digital file, digital projector, you know, seemingly <clears throat> playing it um, without any kind of uh, dirt and watermark or anything like that. Is that how you co- noticed it was digital? Uh, well, I noticed when the digital projector died. Oh, okay. <laughs> Uh, partway through the film, and partway, I mean, 20, 25 minutes in. Oh, no. And um, for those who've seen the film, it was before Ryan Gosling has any kind of bank robbing um, and any of those scenes on the motorbike. He's sort of moved to... He's decided to stay. He's just meeting uh, Ben Mendelsohn, and the projector died. All right, so then to reboot the projector digital ones i mean you have to kind of turn it off and on i guess i've I've never worked with digital projectors so i don't know i did work with uh, 35 millimeter film as a projectionist and i know that if the film snapped or something you'd be able to repair the film uh within sort of let's say five minutes max and then uh, get it going again you might miss a few seconds right Mm. you've been in a cinema where this has happened before i i have been i think it was uh what was it Mission Impossible 2, where it died, but nothing like that. I think this is back in the film days, of course. Yeah. Well, um, they rebooted it, and much like a DVD, they were able to skip forward to get it around to the point where they thought we were up to. <laughs> but the um, the film started a little late. So I think the guy in, or girl in projection got a little bit ahead of themselves. Right. And got they got the film ahead of where we were up to. Right. And so they flashed up moments within the robberies <laughs> and stuff. And I, I did know that was coming. I, I knew that's what the film was about. But they skipped backwards with a staff member in the cinema and sort of will, uh, the staff member would say, is this what you're up to? And everyone would go, no, you know, because they were ruining parts <laughs> of this film for us. And they did it three or four times before they skipped back enough that we'd sort of seen that bit before. And even with that horrible experience... This is still one of my favourite films I've seen at the movies this year. Wow. Like, did they even offer a re- uh, like a, uh, a free ticket or something? Like, that's that's terrible. Yeah, I think um, anybody who went up to the, the candy bar, sort of, it's candy bar slash box office and just mentioned it, got a free ticket at the end. But um, very disruptive yeah. to the cinema experience. I mean, you've, you'd think that would be ruined, you know, any film yeah, you watch. Yeah, exactly. But still, I really thoroughly enjoyed The Place Beyond the Pines. Mm. Um, I like how things in the film mirrored each other. Yep. I, I like the repetition of shots. I like um, the dynamic of how they're drawn together. And I, I like the, you know, the twist, which did, I think we'll get to in a sec. Did you like that movie Crash that came out in the early noughties? I didn't think it was best picture. It was best picture at the Oscar it won. Uh, I um, thought it was a, a very similar type thing, um, Place Beyond the Pines and Crash. Like, it's how these these people, but they're united still by a certain event or, you know, or, or it's destiny or fate or whatever. 
that keeps yeah. them tied all together. I, I think that one was a little more random. Yeah. And this one felt more structured. Yeah. Um, and more, more beautifully shot. The director of this film did uh, Blue Valentine. Have you seen I that one? I haven't seen that one, no. Uh, it's, a, it's a really not enjoyable film, but a very real film. Um, Ryan Gosling and Michelle Williams are a couple, and it shows them in flashbacks. Um, not to spoil anything, but it shows them in flashbacks, sort of how they met and how they got to where they're up to now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's like almost a sequel to The Notebook with a different female, obviously, but it's, this, it's the next part, like after the happy ending. Sure. Where they've gotten together and they've had a child and then it's like... Um, Reality. It's the, the, the next, yeah, like the after the credits roll, after you, the happily ever after, what they've sort of fallen into, you know, these yeah. people. Yeah, but it's a um, very interesting kind of film as well. So, I mean, I'm excited to see what he does next. Just quietly. How do you pronounce the director's name? Oh, I don't know. Uh, Derek Clanfrance or Cluffrance? <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a tricky one. And uh, we could Wikipedia it, but <laughs> I, I'm just going to admit that I've got no clue how to pronounce it. But I think he's super talented. I think the use of his handheld throughout the whole film was some of the best I've ever seen. I've said it before in our podcast. I think the guy who's the best handheld cameraman in the business is Dante Spinotti who's Michael Mann's photographer and my main example is The Insider I think that's the best handheld movie ever made Um, and a lot of people just overuse it like it's a very common thing now to have like an action sequence go to handheld Um, and Saving Private Ryan by the way was very very good as well Uh, Born Supremacy I think was the worst use of handheld and this one might seem over overdone but it gave a sense of immediacy and it seemed like they did it in one take and the first take um yep. which is what i really like like the bank robbery scenes felt so immediate that that's the beauty of that technique and i think the director is a very top level craftsman at handling that and do you, do you remember that opening tracking shot yes they um for those who are listening to this without seeing it or if it's been a while it's this tracking shot where they follow Ryan Gosling out into um, the middle of a circus arena and he's one of those motorbike stuntmen who gets into the giant metal orbs and yep. uh, three motorbikes drive all at once. I've seen and- one up close at the Formula One in Melbourne and it's a really amazing sight. And w- the ones I've seen, a girl will get in the middle of that and just stand there and, and stand pose. There. Yeah, and while the motorbikes go all around her, it's a really crazy um, stunt. Wow. Um, I was just going to say, there's no cut in that tracking shot. Uh, Yeah, that's right, yeah. It echoes Touch of Evil by Orson Welles and, of course, Martin Scorsese's famous tracking shot in Goodfellas. Yeah, I was just going to say, though, it makes you think that Ryan Gosling, there's no stunt to it. It makes you think that he's actually gotten in there. Yeah. Like, I I wasn't sure and I had to sort of just double check in (laughs) my mind, you know, just... Go, wait, did Ryan Gosling just go in there? Because then <laughs> from wheeling into there, <clears throat> and I'm presuming off camera there's a little change. Um, but when he goes in there and he's sort of sitting there, it still looks a lot like Ryan Gosling. It's magic. And, and yeah, it was, it was a very, like, immediately grabbed my attention kind of thing. 
Um, did you enjoy the film? I, I really liked this film up until the third act. Mark Commode said in his review, and I completely agree with him, there's two ways to look at this. If you look at this film as a mythic sort of tale, sort of like Road to Perdition, not a realistic sort of movie, then it's a brilliant movie about fate, about tragedy and all the rest of it. But if you look at it from a realistic point of view, then you'll find it's too... Um, it's too convenient, the whole story. Um, it's too well-crafted for its own good. And that's the way I felt. I just went, oh, okay, the kids meet up, you know. And I didn't feel the kids were as strong performers as um, the brilliant um, uh, Ryan Gosling and Bradley Cooper. I think Bradley Cooper and Ava Mendes, in my opinion, stole the show. I think that Bradley Cooper, from his hangover days... Um, he is really coming into his own. He's going to be a force to reckon with. I thought he was brilliant in this film. You know that scene where he grabs his son and pushes him and he says, don't mess around. You know how difficult this is for me? And he's really pushing his son. That was brilliant. I was like, wow, I really felt his ferocity. Um, I'm glad you mentioned the son, actually, because Bradley Cooper's son for me was the weakest link yeah i, I thought I, well i thought both of them didn't do a great job like even the kid i think he was in project x was he no he wasn't he was he yeah. was oh what a terrible movie it, it was, <laughs> sorry he was in chronicle the chronicle which, which okay sure no i was thinking of project x no he's yeah, he's okay but i, I thought and he's actually going to be um in the new spider-man's amazing spider-man 2 he's playing um harry the oh, james franco role he, he'd be perfect for it <laughs> he's got those eyes as really beaten down look Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think he's a t- super talented kid, but I I just found that th- I didn't find all his the character's choices believable. Like how he'd just neglect his parents to follow a dad he never knew. You know, looking him up on Google search and finding that his dad was this killer, this bank robber. Robber. Well, he technically isn't a killer, is he? He's his bank bank robber. Um, mm-hmm. And then he pursues him, like he wears his, uh, he gets his glasses, he he gets a bike, he, you know, um, thre- uh, threatens um, Bradley Cooper's son and Bradley Cooper. I just didn't believe that 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 character would do anything like that, and it just became too fancy at that point for me. But up until that point, I thought it was a terrific movie. I think everyone should see this movie. It's a great original screenplay. It's like a trilogy in one. And I actually struggled to get to convince people to watch this movie with me mm-hmm. because of the length. People are like, oh, yeah, isn't that that three-hour movie? And I'm like, oh, no one wanted to watch it. And it just goes to show... Um, you know where people's tastes are in movies they don't want to see long movies anymore they just want a fast action movie and that's it (laughs) i mean let me ask you because i think it could have been tighter i think it was a little long yep the bit that i would drop is mostly to do with bradley cooper's son the way this film works is you get the ryan gosling story transitions into the bradley cooper story transitions into his son's story Mm -hmm. And then transitions into Ryan Gosling. How ambitious story. is that? <laughs> it's yeah. So ambitious, it's awesome. <laughs> and it's it's not an expensive movie either. Mm. This is like you know the they, the film they've made. I think I can't remember the figure because it's not in front of me. But I think it was fifteen or twenty million. No way. Something tiny, like you know, that's definitely going to make back. That's excellent. You can look it up while I'm talking if you want. Um, <laughs> but uh, the the problem for me was. Bradley Cooper and Ryan Gosling's performances were so strong. And obviously Bradley Cooper's still around through the to the end of the film, through his son's story and Ryan Gosling's son's story. But then you have to basically follow that act, you know, um, following the Ryan Gosling and the Bradley Cooper storylines, the son's story. You're like, why do I care what this, who's this kid? You know, like... How much did it run out of steam 
at that yeah, point. Well, <laughs> at, honestly, several times in this film, I thought we were coming towards an ending. Mm. And I didn't know at all watching this film. It's the first one I've gone, I've got no idea how they're going to end this. You know? That's, that's amazing in itself. The amount of tension and emotionally kind of how emotionally draining this film sort of became as well. Just like, yeah, I, I was very, very impressed. What, what just... interested me was the um, interaction between Bradley Cooper and his wife and why they okay. got divorced. I thought that would have been... Uh, Played by Rose Byrne. Yeah, the the really beautiful Australian actress. I'm pretty sure she's Australian. Uh, yep. Um. She, she, yeah, she's a stunning girl. And I really wish they focused more on that because she's carried so much weight at that dinner scene. Um, where they oh, yeah, have dinner with, with uh, Ray Liotta. With Ray Liotta. Ray Liotta is a fantastic actor, I reckon. And it's funny how he's in this movie playing a crooked cop. And I was like, wow, it's this movie. You know, it's <laughs> he's just all of a sudden, like he stepped out of Narc and into this movie. Narc, by the way, he didn't oh, play right. a crooked cop, but you know what I mean. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think he was um, a good guy in that, wasn't he? I think he was, but he's a very savage good guy. I'm just struggling to think of the movie he played a crooked cop, but I definitely know Ray Liotta somewhere in his career would have played a crooked car <laughs> um just to just you're to right by the on... way 15 million uh was the budget yeah well i think i'm sure i looked it up and it was 15 million yeah and it hasn't grossed that much since 17th of may 20 million dollars okay well i mean we're recording this late in may so um you know i'm guessing that figure is going to jump up come on and, everyone on go watch it <laughs> this is going to be one of those films that everyone gets on dvd and stuff and then you can fast forward any of the boring bits, really. Yeah. Which I think is all about... I think it's AJ, his son's name. Yeah, that sounds about right. Um, the You mentioned Rose Byrne. Ava Mendes and Rose Byrne in this, um, they age incredibly differently. Mm. And if you look at Rose Byrne at the funeral scene, when um, Bradley Cooper's dad dies, and he announces he's going to run for whatever American legal position that is, district attorney or whatever. Yep. Um, then you see Rose Byrne, she doesn't look too different. But Ava Mendez, when you see her, she's got like yep. grey through the hair. She's got, they've added makeup and bags under the eyes. You know, she looks worse. I mean, I know she's had a hard life sort of thing, mm-hmm. but I think it was probably a bit too much on the makeup there. Oh, okay. <laughs> For me, anyway, I mean, I... You know, they've, they could have aged both of them up, I guess. Sure. Anyway, um, I guess watching this film, there's that kind of, what, what let's call it um, the psycho twist. You know, you're watching Ryan Gosling. Yes. Invested in his character, Handsome Luke, is it? Yep. And um, invested in his story. And, and basically then you get, like, in the Alfred Hitchcock film Psycho, which, I mean, if you haven't seen it by now, I'm, I'm going to spoil it. But the main character? <laughs> the main character is killed off. And they were clever to obviously hide this, but to have Ryan Gosling and Bradley Cooper share equal billing at the beginning of the credits, like I mentioned. Yep. And then to have him sort of get killed off... Did you expect them to kill him? No, in that scene? I, I didn't expect it. It came out and I was like, wow. And I thought the movie was ending at that point. <laughs> I was yeah, like, oh, well, wow. Was pretty uh, early. He, he played a really minor role. <laughs> yeah, but, but he's all over the publicity. And obviously, Ryan Gosling's a call card, calling card when getting people into. Oh, sorry, film. I meant Bradley Cooper played a minor role. I was like, oh, Bradley Cooper played oh, a minor right. role. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, when he turned up and yeah, did one yeah. scene. <laughs> nah, but. Um, like uh, because the the robbery goes wrong 
and um, those handheld frantic shots and that rubbery are really good. Yeah. He gets to that room and he makes that phone call and um, this is the one thing in the film that, that slipped past me was that Ava Mendez's character's name is Romina. Yep. And so he called her Ro on the phone, but I misheard and I thought he said, hey, bro. Oh, right. Yeah, I thought he said, I thought he was calling up his friend that helped him get away. Ben Mendelsohn, yeah. Yeah. Who um, played Robin in this. Well, where do I know him from? Oh, he's been in so many things, but perhaps most recently you would have seen him in The Dark Knight. He was um, crooked in that. He was in the Australian film Mullet. Oh, was um, he in The Dark Knight? I don't remember him in did, that. Did you see Killing Them Softly? Anyway. <laughs> No, I, I know we're going to get to the bottom of this. Um, <laughs> it must be Dark Knight. He must be playing a role in the Dark Knight or the New World. Who was in that? I've just got him up on IMDb. And okay, <laughs> he's he's been in a ton of Australian stuff, and honestly, he's um, was he in Game of Thrones? Is that that something he's been yeah, in? Yeah, maybe yeah. maybe it's Game of Thrones. It doesn't uh, no ring idea. any bells, but yeah, Animal like- Kingdom. I haven't seen Animal Kingdom. <laughs> okay, Animal Kingdom is really good. He um, he stole the show in that a little bit. Sure. Um, so I thought on the phone he was saying, "Hey, bro, I'm in trouble." Right when he's making his final phone call mm. in that room, which for me meant he was calling Ben Mendelsohn. Yes. Obviously, I misheard it, and I didn't realize he was calling Eva Mendes. And so when he says, "Don't tell him about me." You know, like that's his like last request, really. He doesn't want his son to find out about him. Yep, I, I picked that up as well. Oh, well, yeah, I mean, he spelt it out. So the, the problem was I hated Ben Mendelsohn when he started telling him everything about him. Yeah. You know, I was watching this film going, no, the only thing he said on the phone before he got shot was don't <laughs> let him know about me. Yeah. You know, and then I was like, God, Ben Mendelsohn, what are you doing? You're telling him <laughs> everything. Like you're showing him pictures, you're giving, you know all this information and it was really frustrating but obviously and my wife heard the right thing she was like no no he said Ro and then she's Romina and I was like ah and it really changed the movie for me wow because she was trying to hide who he was basically she pretty much held out to the very end yeah um it was an interesting dynamic to have let's just discuss the Ryan Gosling part first to have him uh, come back into her life and she's with someone else. Mm-hmm. Obviously realistic. I mean, it's it's not like her life would end when he left town, you know. Um, she's moved on and she's seemingly happy. But then there's this scene where they sleep together. Yeah. Randomly in their kind of thing, you know. It's like um, kind of sending him mixed messages. Shouldn't you tell and your she- husband? <laughs> What's his name? Oh, they, I- they weren't married yet at that point, I don't think. But oh, okay. Coffee or something? Kofi? Yeah, like Kofi, I think it was. Yep. Kofi, yeah. Well, I, I like that about the movie, though, how it didn't answer all that. It just left it open-ended. It just didn't want to um, define any of the characters. It just went, here are these people, and they're going to do stuff, but that's life, you know? And it doesn't yeah. answer everything. It's all open-ended. I really love that about the film. Yeah. I also would have... I would have liked a nod back to the um, ice cream sequence. Like, he had that nice family scene where the photo gets taken yeah. over Mendez. And um, he's like, I'll give him ice cream for the first time. I just want to be there when he does something for the first time. And so, 
ice cream becomes the thing. I would have loved to have seen a scene later with the son having ice cream for some reason. Cool. Yeah. Like whether it was after dinner, if they were sitting having ice cream, just as a re- really quiet what, nod. Wasn't he having ice cream with his dad when his dad, um, Kofi, made the joke, I am your father? Wasn't he having ice cream at that point? Because it, it clicked with me at that scene because they're outside a burger joint just sitting there at night and um, Kofi's telling him, look, I'm your dad. I've been there since you're born and I'll always love you. Yep. And I swear he was eating ice cream. Okay, you, you know, might be right. I, mean, I must have missed that. that. That scene really hurt the movie for me at the end because I felt I felt sorry for the dad so much and I believed he was a really good guy, especially for when... Kofi. He, Kofi, especially when he dropped... Um, after they bailed him out of jail or whatever, he drops his son off at school and he gives him a hug. Um, you know, he's always there for him. And then mm-hmm. the son, you know, goes off in this wild rampage uh, with a gun, you know, after... I just didn't believe that, you know? <laughs> yeah. Maybe it's just me and my beliefs. I just couldn't see it in this character. Yeah, I think... Well, obviously, what they want to say is he had too much of his real biological yes, dad in him. Yeah. You know? He had the tendencies that Luke had. And um, and it's really interesting. Like, it's there's a lot of deeper things going on in the film. Hmm. Um, I love the as, tattoo designs on Ryan Gosling as well. Like, he's lived that carnival lifestyle. And he's yeah. had all those strange tattoos, like, all over him. I thought that was really good detail. And you know someone like Ryan Gosling would have went crazy to make sure it's all accurate and that he feels comfortable with it. <laughs> yeah, just that same sort of he's run away from home kind of vibe and, mm. like, someone with a homemade tattoo gun's gone and done them. And I like his shirt when he goes to see um, Ava Mendes at the diner. It was all inside out. All that's the way I saw it as well. And it was all ripped. Okay, I didn't really notice that. Oh, okay. It might not have been inside detail. out, but yeah, like just just those details in it. I'm like, wow, that's that's so cool. <laughs> yeah, it's funny when he becomes like when he realizes he's a dad. Um, that scene where he sees the baby and the the mum says it's his, and there's that scene where he cries in the church, like he's yeah. missed so much of of this, and and it's it's almost as if he knows he will never be good enough, or he thinks. Like, there's so much emotion just in him at the back of the church crying, you know? Yeah. What did you read from that scene? Like, why does he cry for you? Um, uh, Just the whole emotion of it. Like, that's an, uh, that's another person in his position. Um, You know what I mean? He should be up there with the kid, but he's yeah, not. Yeah, he's completely left out exactly. of the situation. Yeah, and he's just lost. And I, I don't know if he ever mentions his own dad in the film, but you do get a sense that my dad wasn't there for me so I'm going to be there for you and I have to do it I, I, I can't be like my dad I don't it's think it was the mistakes of the past yeah exactly I don't think it was ever mentioned in the movie but that's the weight that the character built up like although that was never mentioned I took that away from the movie and that just goes to show how much detail they put into the characters I guess yeah for sure um, and there were those courtroom scenes that Ryan Gosling was in which made you think he could easily, his character could easily go to prison and mm. he would be fine with it, yeah. you know? It seemed like he was resigned to the fact that he was going to go to prison just before he got shot. Yep. You know, he was like, well, this is what's happening now and he seemed to be accepting of that. It was such an awful scene when he's building the crib for the baby and yeah. you know what's going to happen. He knows what's going to happen. The audience yeah. knows what's going to happen. And we have to sit through it and watch this volcanic eruption explode on the screen. It reminded me of that American movie that came out 
in the early noughties in, uh, in the room or two in the room or something like that. In the bedroom? In the bedroom um, with Marissa Tomei, I think. Yeah. Yeah, and it was just really uncomfortable, a lot of the scenes. Like, you know what's going to happen, with those extreme domestic crises. And, yeah, yeah, and yeah. actually that's a really good accompanying film for this one, mm. um, now that you mention it. I didn't put that together till now, but yeah, that was another film that yeah it has the same sort of authentic feel yes and then ryan gosling takes the baby off from the mom and just sits on the porch yeah with the baby yeah, that, that was a really human thing there i just felt like well what have i done i'm just gonna like he's holding the baby to say goodbye pretty much uh, it was mm. a terrifying scene <laughs> yeah and uh, look um the relationship with him and ben mendelson's character robin were just interesting too like how he cuts the bike up yeah you know and then he puts the gun in his mouth yeah. and he says you owe me a new bike you know like at at no point is a character in this film safe yeah i, I constantly felt like someone could easily kill another character you know just yeah yeah very i don't know very uncomfortable film yeah certainly uncomfortable i, I would i said emotionally draining yeah so. And, um, um, yeah, we've got to talk about Bradley Cooper's story. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's get to his introductions. Obviously, he's a police officer in pursuit. And then we get the huge twist of him shooting Ryan Gosling. And I think he shot first, you know, like the Han Solo who shot first. Exactly. And it d- didn't matter really. But, yeah, he was just like, yeah, sh- uh, he shot first, man. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. When he's being pushed by that. Um, it- what's a guy from, what's that show he's in? NCIS? the um the investigator the cop i don't know if he's um uh, I, I don't know if he's um internal I affairs i don't watch ncis he's so. the main guy in ncis he's a fantastic actor he plays okay. like the same role in every movie though. <laughs> the cop yeah or the, or the hard edge cop you know does everything by the book but mm-hmm. um yeah like that was that was a really um yeah sorry <laughs> yeah um just to finish on ava mendez just for a second too um well, it was frustrating in the lead up to Ryan Gosling's death in that scene is that she says, I never want to see you again. You know, she doesn't want to take the money and stuff like that. Um, but then, like, obviously he dies and she's upset about it because she sleeps with him and because she has a real, like, hot and cold relationship yes. with Ryan Gosling's character, you know? Yeah. And that was the most annoying thing about her character, I think, besides how they aged her up too much, I think. Sure. Um but that money really comes into it because obviously it's in her house mm-hmm. and after Bradley Cooper's recovery and he's become the lead in this movie, we get, you know, the cops coming and picking him up and taking him to basically wrestle up that money, mm. which is a huge plot point in the film, you know, and one that threatens to take down Bradley Cooper's character consistently, doesn't it? Yes. Yeah. And I mean, I found that scene really uncomfortable. The, what um, when Ray Liotta comes in? Yeah. Oh yeah, well, Ray Liotta just has this immense tenacity that you know, you immediately put yourself in Ava Mendes' shoes and you feel so terrified. Like these cops really do have this power, you know, over you, and you're just like, oh my gosh, because <laughs> it's a position of authority and mm. they're immediately abusing it. And the he's in the car with the two other guys. They invite themselves in, and he says something like, um you know you had to shoot a guy and he was white you know sort <laughs> yeah. of thing he's immediately racist kind of thing it yeah just, that yeah. counts for 30 or so <laughs> yeah you're just like wow oh. i'm sure there are people out there like that which is 
you know. But Bradley Cooper. <laughs> what did he say about his wife? Does your wife allow you to, or something like that? Obviously, he made one of those jokes, but that was hilarious. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. I mean, uh, yeah, you knew they were going to do something bad. Yeah, basically, didn't you? Yeah. I mean, you got that um, vibe immediately from them. What I loved about Bradley Cooper's storyline is the way he's trying to deal with this fact that he's orphaned Jason, and then to immediately confront him, you know, hold the baby. Sort of thing when they go in and find the money in the in the crib. Yeah, he has to hold the orphaned child that he shot the father of. You know, and it's not like he's thinking, oh, but he still has two parents and everything like that. It's just this guilt he's racked with. I have problems looking at my son. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, and and you would have thought that it would bring him closer to his son in a way, mm. but he just feels too guilty. You know, like he could have died that day. He could have been the one that was shot. Um, and obviously he can see how fragile life is and how a father can not be there for a son and be taken out of the picture like that, you know, and maybe it would have pushed him closer to his son, but the opposite happens, you know, um, which I thought was really interesting. It's, it's strange when, once the second act begins or the second storyline begins and you're in Bradley Cooper's shoes, it's amazing how surreal the world seems like he seems like the only normal guy. And every person that's talking to him, from his wife to the internal affairs, even his father, just seems like they're in a different world and they're on, on a different set of logic. And he's the only guy thinking sort of straight, despite yeah. going through... I, I don't know, I got that sense, like, the whole time. Um, and it, it was great when he sees his chief and he goes, look, this is what I want to do. And his chief's just telling him, look, this is reality. You can mm. either... A retire on a pension or do this you know just like wow where are we and then all of a sudden he's surrounded by crooked cops you know it's a completely different movie suddenly isn't yeah, it yeah it is yeah but it's like you said how ambitious that is to change the the tone of the film in the middle exactly and not even the middle yeah. that was like 40 minutes in it's literally a trilogy yep. um in a film you can make one movie out of each of them um, and I, I have to give this um, the filmmakers full credit for doing it, and it's so it's pretty well done, you know. <laughs> I, I was thinking after I got out of there, that's surely going to be up for some awards, whether it's cinematography, whether it's supporting actor. Um, like I thought, I don't know who the supporting actor is. Like who's the lead? And I figure Ryan Gosling and Bradley Cooper are the lead, but you could easily see them nominated for a supporting actor's role, couldn't mm, you? Yeah. I suppose Ryan Gosling for a supporting actor's role. <laughs> but then, I mean, by then everyone will have seen the film. It won't be a twist that he's not in it that much. Anyway, the, like you said, he um, he's reassigned to the evidence room, Bradley Cooper's character. Um, what is his character's name? That's going to bug me. Bradley Cooper. Oh, jeez, I haven't got it up there. Bradley Cooper. Anyway, he does a speech about justice as Avery. well. Avery. <laughs> Avery, that's they, it. They say like, AJ's his son, yes, Avery yep. Jr. Yep. Yeah. Um, and then he finds himself sort of embroiled in scandal in the evidence room, you know. He needs them to get something out of evidence and you know, sort of mess around. And, I mean, he's sort of on this knife edge of being under the thumb of Ray Liotta. Yeah. I love it how when they get the money, he gets $7,000. Um, yep. His first thing to what he wants to do with it is give it back to the girl, 
Ava yep. Mendes, and with that failing, then he decides to turn it in. I thought that yeah. was great. I thought, wow. <laughs> and and to mirror that scene with Ryan Gosling, they both try and give her money after she finishes work yes. at the diner. Yes, in the exact yeah. same parking spot, and she still got the exact same car. You know, that was great. I didn't yeah. feel she didn't need to be angry at Bradley Cooper. She said, you messed up my kid's life. Well, come on, man. Like... Oh, come on, lady. <laughs> Your husband or ex-boyfriend or whatever yep. had a gun in his hand after robbing a bank and the cop came in and was just doing his job. How did he mess up the kid's life? You know, it was a roll of the dice situation, mm-hmm. you know. Um, I don't. I didn't understand where anger is coming from, but maybe that's just from the moment. Do you know what film this, um, this made me think of is The Departed? Sure. How you get that... And spoilers for The Departed, if you haven't seen the remake of Infernal Affairs, isn't it? Yep, that's correct. Um, we're gonna, I'm going to ruin plot points about that. <laughs> you've, you've got um, Leonardo DiCaprio and Matt Damon's characters, and when they come head-to-head, you know, who's the rat in Boston? Yeah. Um, I got shades of that here because where Bradley Cooper shoots Ryan Gosling made me think of how... Um, Leonardo DiCaprio gets shot in that elevator and he's out of the film. And then there's this kind of justice that's going to come for Matt Damon's character in The Departed, you know, in the form of being whacked at the end by Mark Wahlberg. Um, Whereas in this film, I kept thinking, who's going to kill Bradley Cooper? Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. And when when he has that sequence with Ray Liotta... um, I was thinking, uh, you know, how he's going to go into the woods to meet him and I'll, then he drives I'll, off. Oh, there was great detail with that scene, how hard Bradley Cooper was breathing Yeah. at that point. that Wasn't that fantastic? Like, he's just yeah. panicking. And every as the forest got darker, his breathing intensified. That was fantastic. I thought, wow. <laughs> exactly. And, and he goes out to the place beyond the pines, presumably, yeah. right? Yeah. And he bolts for it, right? And I thought that would be the place where Bradley Cooper would die, right? And You were so close. <laughs> I know. And when the sun takes him out there at gunpoint, I was sure that it was just course correcting how he was always going to die out there, you know? And how Bradley Cooper would die at the place beyond the pines and he was going to get killed by someone with a gun. just didn't matter who. It was going to happen. And so at the end of this film, I would have been okay, I think, had the son killed Bradley Cooper and um, just taken off like yeah. a bit of a fugitive. Yeah. I think that almost would have been more of a like mirroring of the film. Sure. Um, but as well, to not have him kill him humanizes him. Yep. And says that he also has Ava Mendez's kind of DNA in him. Yeah. And he's not all like bad. Mm. Not to say that Handsome Luke's character is all bad, but. He obviously had more bad than good. Yes. And, um, you know, he shoots back at Bradley Cooper. Obviously, he's been shot fatally, but... Ryan Gosling, though, never killed anyone. No, he didn't. He didn't get to... He didn't kill anyone. I I don't think he had that ability. Like, you can sense he would have. Yeah. He definitely would have if it came down to it, but um, he never actually killed anyone in the movie. True, true. Um, And, yeah, what's interesting, too, is is when um, there's that 15 years later jump, Mm. you know, which, uh, honestly, the stuff like that happening made me think, I don't know where this film is going, you know. Um, 
and then when you are introduced to the son, I was like, oh, okay, so the two sons are going to meet, you know, and, and that's where this is going to go. But we just spent too long with AJ, the uh, Avery Jr. Sure. I would have liked to have seen the sister as well. Uh, yeah, there wasn't much of that. No, it wasn't much. It was one dinner scene with her, and I was like, oh, they have a sister. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and um, you know, they're sort of half Yeah. It, the whole third act, that whole third sequence with the kids, it just... As you, as we said, it ran out of steam, and I don't know if it was a case of it being rushed, but it just had a whole case of not. I don't know. The characters just weren't real for me at all. Okay. Yeah. You didn't like the third act. I didn't like the third act, no. And I, I just sort of ran out of steam. I was like, man, I just want to see more of uh, Bradley Cooper's character and how he's dealing with this, how his wife was sunning. But even if they had ended the movie, no, no they needed a third act. <laughs> Yeah, well, um, they they needed something, but yeah. it could have been a little shorter yes, and tighter. Yes. Um, you you almost could have either that or flesh out the characters heaps more, like go longer if you have to to flesh it out. Yeah, I mean, it, like incredibly ambitious. Though. Yes, um, the pharmacy robbery was really interesting when um, the son is, you know, yeah. stealing drugs to take to the party. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and a, good, and a good party scene as well. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's funny too how like he mirrors the the robberies of the bank that his dad did, you know, in the pharmacy robbery, and mm. there's just a really nice kind of symmetry to this film. Mm. Um, yeah, as well. I mean, I just think the place beyond the pines as a title is very intriguing. Yes, because I keep thinking which place is. We talk, are we talking about you yeah. know there's the um the sort of caravan and and stuff where he's with ben mendelson's character there's also you know, where, where they were living. fishing and stuff like that yeah and where they're sort of driving dirt bikes through the pine mm-hmm. trees and as well there's like you know where avery was going to be taken out by ray liotta perhaps and just like a lot of repeat situations and there's that shot as well of the motorbike going down the long road with trees either side mm-hmm uh, kind of a shot from above and behind and you get that shot as well with the sun and it's uh yeah i was just very impressed with how this film was shot the cinematography mm-hmm. i gotta say what do you think will happen to the um ryan gosling's kid after he took the bike and um rode out i guess the the most obvious answer would be that he joins the circus sure <laughs> isn't it i mean that it's he a massive his... loop yeah yeah i and... i hope that he would take a few years off find himself and then come back to his family and realize that he's ha- he's got a really good family waiting there for him um, yeah. that's what i hope um but he's, okay what do you reckon about aj he's done this break and enter hasn't he yeah. with AJ? Yeah. <laughs> he's whacked him with his gun and, and i mean he's kind of threatened a senator here <laughs> yeah. yeah or a, attorney general he's trying attorney to become attorney general, general. yeah and um <laughs> What yeah, do you look, think of um, AJ? What, what do you reckon will happen to him? I figure at some point he'll want to be nothing like his family and just kind of go off and do his own thing. You yeah, know, sort of... because there was a sense at the end when he's applauding, he's proud of his dad, but he's not yeah. part of this world. Like he's Obviously, the, what the film's getting at, he's had a neglected childhood growing up. Like His dad's Massively. been way too busy, and, and that happens. I've met quite a few guys like that. Their parents are too busy or whatever, and they get themselves into drugs. And I've got nothing against drugs. It's just 
something for them to do you know some activity because they don't have that parental uh, um i don't want to say guidance but authority yeah you just as someone to be there for them they're always alone so where else do you turn to you know and if he shifted schools he's not going to have that long-term friendship um group so i i don't know what's going to happen to him in the long run he'll have everything he wants all the money mm-hmm. he wants so he'll be very spoiled i don't know about his education he'll probably be one of those frat boys you know in college getting drunk every night you know partying and he'll probably get a decent job at the end as well well like people that party in college can go on to be president like george bush <laughs> can't they? i mean so there you go um one of the things that about that sequence and the ending is that i didn't know whether or not and the audience obviously don't know whether or not aj is dead or not right you know when um when jason breaks into the house obviously after bradley cooper oh yeah yeah there's that moment he goes what have you done with my son i don't yep. know he doesn't know, you know yeah i mean the only one who knows is jason and he's got this quiet you know calm about him and the apology is long overdue the one he makes to jason you know um i don't he's, i personally and this is going to sound mean he didn't owe him a damn thing <laughs> i realized yeah he was doing his job and stuff but yeah but fact- at least a courtesy thing look i shot your dad and i've been thinking about it for many years here's a photo i've kept in my wallet <laughs> just quietly on that photo the crease not being on the face was a little bit unrealistic <laughs> just like it was perfectly <laughs> creased around it yeah. only you would have noticed that <laughs> well it didn't seem very realistic i mean I, I get that he would keep the photo on him like just the fact that he fired first is what's made him feel so guilty had had um, Ryan Gosling raised his arm with a gun in it and then he fired, I think he wouldn't have felt nearly amount, the amount of guilt. It's just that he feels like he killed a man that didn't need to die, I think. It's weird. Have you ever met anyone that has killed someone, whether it's a car accident or, or anything like that? Um, when I was in America, we met lots of people in hostels and um, obviously, you know, traveled right across the country mm-hmm. and... Um, met a guy who had been in a car accident and um, killed someone. Jeez. Um, and he went to prison for a little while. Oh, my gosh. And uh, obviously it wasn't... Um, he didn't intend to do it and he was really apologetic. And Manslaughter, he did, yeah. Yeah, did some time. But he told some horrendous prison stories, basically. And one of them was about how um, he had a friend in prison who he knew before he went to prison he just happened to go to the same prison as him so he had someone to talk to immediately you know and someone who let's say protected him somewhat Mm. and there was a moment where he was showering and his friend was showering and then um his friend said to him uh just follow me keep looking at the wall don't don't turn around and uh some guys came in to beat up and possibly rape another guy in there and they had to like walk against this wall out of the room you know not turning around jeez and i'm sure look a lot of horrible stuff happens in prison and just you know it's made to be this you know the worst of society kind of gathered it's it's con air but for real like the worst of the worst all in one place isn't it it's a weird way to put it isn't it con air for real (laughs) 
Have you um, known anybody that's killed anybody? My dad I mean... has killed a couple of people in uh, when he fought in Korea, but I think that was under war circumstances because he wasn't haunted. He doesn't seem haunted by it or anything like that, and it was all from a distance, like open firing and stuff like that. Um, okay. I can't imagine, like, that person you met, it must be Sonic in his soul that he'll never feel, you know. It just must yeah. be the most horrible feeling to have done that, you know. So I'm just curious if he like kept a photo or something you know oh right okay like yeah we'll tie it back to the place well you'll plans. never know he'll never tell you but you know <laughs> i wouldn't have thought i wouldn't have thought there would be a photo of his accidental no no yeah or some sorry i mean some memento or something like just to remind him or something i would say I mentally yeah yeah mentally it would be there yeah, sure did your dad keep any kind of mementos? No, not from... at all. No, right. No, he's got okay. red beret tattoos, so I guess it's stuck on him the whole entire time, like etched yeah. into him. But yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so just to the end of the place beyond the pines, mm-hmm. he mails the photo back to his mum. Yeah, he becomes kind of a fugitive because though they don't seem to report and say who it is, yeah, you know, he's on the run. He's got a motorbike. I, I think Avery. Um... Obviously, he did him a, a favor there. It was just like he, he probably had that moment with his son. Look, um, this is what's happened. I shot his dad. This is why he's reacting like this. Um, that's why I was really aggressive against you not to talk to him. But let's not report him. Do you think that's what happened? Or look, based on the kind of relationship they have, I feel like he probably wouldn't have said much. I think it would have been this unspoken understanding that, you know, perhaps. Jason would have said to AJ, this is what your dad did. Then there would have become this kind of, I know what you've done and sort of thing. And even under lawful circumstances. But they had that, they had that moment though, before he got announced as the Senator or whatever you call general attorney, district attorney, district attorney, he looked at his son and that, and with a smile and acknowledgement. And that told me that, okay, he can look at his son now without the fear because he's had the confrontation and all that. So maybe things are different now. So I don't know. It just makes me think that they just had that whole moment. He told him everything that's happened. Why, why he's been feeling so distant or whatever. And, uh, that he just said, let's not report him. Let's just, you know, let's just say somebody broke in. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. Um, any, either could have happened and it's nice to have the audience able to write that ending themselves I thought even though they may not have said anything about it at the time it would be different from now on like you said like um, they've been through something together you know mm-hmm. um, look I think we can probably wrap it up I really enjoyed Place Beyond the Pines I thought if it was a little bit shorter a little bit tighter um, less of the AJ storyline it could have been a 5 star movie for me yep I, I think it's a brilliant ambitious movie um, but if you have a realistic approach like I do with everything, every single thing in life um, you'll find it a bit too convenient the plotting um, especially at the end um, the whole father and son thing and all that but it is a very well done movie and you guys should definitely check it out it's, it really stands out in this world of reboots, remakes and sequels and it's a film about destiny too. So, I mean, I think if you look at it as a sort of destiny entwined kind of film, you'll sort of see past the convenience and you'll say, well, that's always meant to happen. Exactly. You know? Like All a right. Greek tragedy. And also it would probably helps if um, 
your projector doesn't break down. <laughs> that sounded like a like a projection is worst nightmare. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I think they probably should have started at the beginning and skipped forward to what we're up to, <laughs> rather than rather than saying, "Oh, they were forty minutes in," you know, or whatever the case may be. Anyway, uh, thank you for listening to PodMe If You Can. Um, more podcasts on www.podmeifyoucan.com. And uh, there's a link on podmeifyoucan.com that will take you to what we're going to call Podme If You Can TV, which is going to be little video segments we're going to be doing on the YouTube channel we have. So if you have a YouTube account, head to podmeifyoucan.com, follow the link, go to Podme If You Can on YouTube and subscribe to our channel. Thanks, guys. All the best. 